Hey, welcome to Generations Church. My name is Kyle. I'm the lead pastor here at Generations, and I'm so excited that you are joining us via live stream this morning. So what I want to do is I want to read our teaching text for today out of the Bible. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 2, verse specifically 14. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and flip to it. you got your phone. Hopefully cross off over that live stream and, and look at this passage for a second with me. Colossians 2 verse 14 says this, he erased the certificate of debt with its obligations that was against us and opposed us and has taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. Let's pray with me this morning. Father, we come to you right now across screens, across uh, and homes, across this country, across this city. Father, and what unites us is, is Jesus. Father, and I, I pray that as people uh, watch and check out today, that as they listen to, to what we're going to talk about today, that you would open their, their hearts and their minds to you. Whether they've been a believer for a long time or they're still not sure about following Jesus. Father, I pray that you use this time together in a really powerful way. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So today we're going to start out with doing something a, a little cool together is we're going to get a little audience participation time going. So here's what I, how, here's how we want to start today is I want to talk about something called the wheel of life. So Brian Bolton, if you are watching, you know this well. Thank you for introducing me this to me. So we're going to start off with the, the wheel of life. And so my question for you is what stresses you out, especially in this time, in this day, in this age, what is stressing you out? And so my guess is if I was just to throw a quick one up here, I want you to go ahead, whether you're someone who's part of Generations Church or not, throw, throw out some of your answers, throw out a comment on there. Let us know what stresses you out. What is your top stressors right now? So like I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one up. I, my guess right now is finances. Finances probably are a stressor in your life. What are some other things that might be some stressors? Um, how about maybe maybe uh, family? Family can be can be a stressor right now. So family, finances, work, work, work is one that we got someone filled it out, thrown in. So work right now. We got any got any other ones? Let's see. What yeah. else could be a stressor? Yeah. Health, health, definitely right now. Health. So I, I always think, yeah, family, other other relationships. And the challenge is, is as we as we know, the wheel of life keeps rolling. It just keeps rolling. And the challenge is, is that we try to keep it from rolling. As we try to get in front of it and stop of it and stop it. On all these stressors, what happens? As the wheel of life keeps rolling, when we try to get in front and stop it, it ends up what? It's going to crush us. Yeah. We even try to okay, draw, draw the little picture of the person behind and say we, we, try, to, we try to pull it from the back. And we're, trying to, we're just hanging on for dear life as these things just keep spiraling out of control. They just keep going and going and going. And then I think their biggest challenge of all is oftentimes 
we try to put ourselves right in the middle. And we just go for a ride. We're not even hanging on at all. We are just rolling and rolling and rolling. And see, the great deception of really our age and our time is we think that we have to be in total control. And if our current experience and our current just situation uh, in life and in this world right now with this coronavirus is telling us anything at all, this control is something we, we all desire, mm -hmm. but ultimately it takes us on a ride and will inevitably crush us. And so here's the thing is, though, is we, we try to manage it all these ways, all these stressors. But here at the center, oftentimes we put ourselves, but in actuality, we don't belong in the center at all. God begins, belongs at the center. God belongs in the center. And every time that we put ourselves in the center of the wheel of life and try to just hold on for dear life to all these stressors, all these all these just challenges and things like that. And as we just keep rolling, as we, we try to, basically we're saying, God, I got this. Mm -hmm. Step aside. I know what's right. I, I can do it. And what happens is it stretches us, mm -hmm. it crushes us, and it just takes us on a ride. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, the only way to manage and actually live life to the fullest is not with us being in the center at all. But it's with God being in the center. And so every time that we put ourselves in the center, it's like we rack up an IOU of sort. It's like, okay, God, I, I got this. I, you know, I, I know you're supposed to be in control. I know you're supposed to be in charge. But, but I got this. So, so I'll owe you one later. I'll let you step back in control. I'll let you step back in charge later. But yeah. right now... Let, let me take control for, for a moment. And we do this with like work, with our finances, with relationships. We do this with, with moral issues. We do this with it, how we interact in relationships, how we're an employee or how we're, whether we're a good boss. And we just, we, we say, God, step aside. I think I know what is best. And essentially, we rack up a long list of I owe you. And the reason why is because humanity was never created to be in the center of the wheel of life. See, in fact, when God created us in the beginning, and this is again coming from a Christian, from as we, as we look at a biblical worldview, there's a human job description. We're supposed to display God's image. We're supposed to live in close relationship with him. And we're supposed to care for all of creation, including people. And to do this well, and to do this rightly, God has to be in the center. And every time we put ourselves in the center, we essentially rack up a debt to God that says, God, you, you don't know what's best. You don't know what's right. I do. And what the reason we rack up that debt is because we are taking that human job description and essentially setting it aside and say, no, my job description is what Kyle says. Yeah. Or, it's, or it's what, insert your name yeah. there. Amen. And it's what you think is right. And you think 
the way should be. And so it's only through God's love for us that we can most accurately live and love well and ultimately manage the wheel of life. Because see, as God is in the center, if you can see this, I draw a really big stick figure right here. As we can just live our life, it doesn't become a wheel anymore, it becomes a head. And God is at the center. The life we begin to live, the stresses of life, they don't necessarily disappear. But we have a connection with God that allows us to manage them and live in the best possible way. So God is supposed to be at the center. And every time we put ourselves in the center, we rack up a list. I told John I might do this, but just think of this. How many times do you put yourself in the center and you just rack up a big long list of things where you step outside of God's will and God's ways? And I can just kind of toss this over here and the, the, list, the, the list just goes on. I don't know if uh, that camera caught it at all. Probably not. But the, I got this probably 25 foot roll of paper. And if you can just imagine every time that you step out of the will and way of God, that as you do this, it's just a. It's racking up that IOUs every time. And it list just goes on and on again because we don't do it perfectly. Because we, we can't. We, we mess up. We step out of the bounds. We exchange, as we talked about last week, so you can go back and watch and listen to this. Last week, we set up additional rules and additional ways that ultimately, that's part of accumulating those IOUs. Now go back to our text this morning. Paul is writing to a church in Colossians. And he wants them to understand who Jesus is and why as we follow Jesus and Jesus becomes the center of life. That anytime we add these additional rules and things to our life, that actually we're acting a way that's contrary to God's design. Amen. And so... Paul begins to critique a false narrative, a, a false belief, a false way of thinking that has tried to take these Colossian believers prisoner and captive. And ultimately, what happens is as we step over the line, as we step out of bounds, as we step outside God's design, it's not just this list that racks up against our, our self with God, this list stands as an accuser against us for ourselves. Amen. Because I bet you this, you probably don't even live up to your own standard. Your own moral of right and wrong, there are probably points in your life, in your day, where there's inconsistencies. Amen. So even the unbeliever, even if, if you're someone who's a little bit skeptical and you're not sure about following Jesus and, and believing God's design... You have an internal sense of moral right and wrong. And, and, you, and you don't like it when someone infringes upon your rights and the way you think about things. And you're like, this is, this is what is right and this is what is wrong. We have this general sense of, of human rights within the world. And you have a sense of, of moral right that you perceive. But as we step outside of God's design... 
as we try to do and manage life on our own. It's not only that the list that we accumulate stands as an accuser against for us with God. It also stands as an accuser and an oppressor Amen. over ourselves. Amen. There's a weight that's associated. And I don't have to tell you that. Because there are times when you've done something and that, that feeling inside of you, you just felt, what's the word? Guilty. And it, more than that, you didn't just feel guilty. You felt ashamed. And you felt like you had to hide it. And some of you right now are feeling like you are having to hide the wrongdoings in your life from even other people, from your close, close relationships. And that is proof of you stepping outside the line. Amen. There's a third one. It's not just guilt. It's not just shame that stand as a weight and an accuser against us. It's a level of fear. It's a, it's a sense of I don't know what is right. And it, and, it, and it grips us in such a way that it basically immobilizes us. Because we can't do it on our own. Because either we're just going on a ride or we're, we're so we're aware that we're just going to get crushed by it. And there's just anger. There's anxiety. There's a level of worry. And there's a level of, I just, I just can't do it anymore. And the beautiful thing about what Paul is doing is Paul is telling these Colossian believers a better story. Amen. It's a story that says you are not the sum total of your list. Amen. That you rack up against yourself, against others, or even against God. Amen. No, what, what's the passage say? The passage says, Jesus has erased the certificate of debt that stands against us. Because that's what that list is. It's a list of IOUs. Whether it's you owe yourself, you owe someone else, or you owe God. When you step over that line, the IOU gets accumulated. And it says that Jesus erased the certificate of debt against us. And it's not like some little whiteboard erased either. Because I can come over here and I can I can do the, the little eraser thing and erase it. And yeah, maybe on screen it looks pretty clean. But when you're seeing it up close, you can see there, there's a little bit of remnants from a dry erase marker. See, through faith in Jesus. Saying that, God, I know I screw up. I know I can't do this on my own. I need you. When we access Jesus through that faith and what he has done on the cross and proven in his resurrection, we access his perfect life. And we don't just get a clean whiteboard. We get a new whiteboard. We get a new life. We get a new life. And we get to put God at the center. And again, it's not going to be perfect. It's not always going to be easy. We're not always going to understand how to do that, which is why we need each other, Amen. which is why John has stood up here twice today and said, we need to connect with each other. We need, we need to reach out online. We need to make phone calls. Amen. We need to connect with our neighbors mm -hmm. because some of you out there, as you're tuning in and watching this, you feel like you're all alone. Yeah. You feel like. 
in our present situation, you're not sure what to do, how to make it with your finances, how to maybe even mend relationships with your family. Because of past sins, the, the consequences have grown. And so there's been distance there. So now in a time of need, you're not even sure if you can reach out to them. And that's the beautiful thing about Generations Church and being a church. Because we're everyday people who are committed to expanding the family of God. And so it doesn't matter whether you're close with your family. You're part of a new family through faith in Jesus. And we want you to be a part of our faith family. That is a forever family. And that forever starts now. And we do that because Jesus has erased the certificate of our debts. Because he no longer holds it against us and over us. We don't have to live in fear as if this list is going to come back and bite us in the butt. We get to trust and live in such a way that we say, no, my past fail failures, my past sins, my past mess-ups are gone. Amen. And though experientially, we may still feel that now. There are consequences for our past actions. That, that we still feel the weight and the effects of that. But that's where that second part of that verse comes in. That's why Paul gives us two word pictures. The first word picture is that he erased the certificate of debt. The second is that that list was nailed to a cross. Though while we feel that experientially, that list that was once used to accuse those who were being crucified of all their wrongdoings, that has all been poured out on Jesus. Both your past, your present, and your future. And we cling to that. And we live in response to that. Which means we will choose to act differently. We will give each other grace and we will act and move for each other. So the IOUs are no longer an IOU. Your IOU has been paid by Jesus. And when you learn to live in that reality, the can'ts, the won'ts, the habits and the will nots yeah. begin to disappear. Amen. See, because that's the narrative that we tell ourselves. That's, that's the narrative that indoctrinates us. Is you go back and you, you listen to the wrong stories. And you don't trust and believe that Jesus has taken that IOU and eliminated it. Amen. He's erased it. And it's been nailed to the cross. Amen. And it's been paid in full. So when you list why you can't do that, why you won't do that, why you haven't, and why you don't, that story, that narrative that you've been telling yourself about how to manage life, about how to live freely, those answers, those, those why you don'ts, can'ts, haven'ts, and won'ts, They begin to disappear and you are able to go, why I can't, why I do, 
why I have, why I will. And it's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. And you may be thinking there, so Kyle, if Paul is writing to this church, he says they've erased the certificate of debt, and it's been nailed to the cross. But I'm still a little skeptical. I'm still a little hesitant. And I'm unsure of how that begins to intersect with Monday through Saturday. I'm unsure about how that means that I live my life and where that actually changes. It changes in the stresses that you're trying to manage. Because you look at your family, you look at your finances, you look at your work. And when you begin to think about, I'm not sure I know how to manage it, that's the right answer. Because we want to access the wisdom and the will of Jesus. And we access that through surrender, through saying yes to Jesus. And we access that by reminding ourselves that the IOU has been paid. That we don't have to live with that narrative in our life anymore. We tell ourselves a different story. That, that God is great. That he is in control. So we don't have to be. And that's a powerful story. That brings freedom. And as I talked about bringing the practicalities of this life. What Paul was hoping for the Colossian believers. Is that as they remembered that their certificate of debt. That their IOU was paid and nailed to the cross. That they would stop evaluating their life, their success, their failures, and their fears based on their own standard. And start evaluating their life based on the standard that was proven for them in Jesus. Amen. And that's a beautiful thing. Which means when you, when you start to interact with your coworkers. And you start to have a conversation and you start to tell that story or you make a mistake and you start to feel that level of anxiety. Oh, what, what if they fire me because you got fired from a past job because you make mistakes? I'm not saying well, you don't learn from them, but what you're saying is, is you don't go, you don't internalize it and go, well, that means I'm a failure. Or because you've gone on a journey of learning and exploring what it looks like to, to follow Jesus. You don't begin to internalize and be like, well, oh, I know it all. And what happens is then we put ourselves right back in the center. So what we have to do is remember who Jesus is and what he has done for us. This last week, I was, I was listening to CNN. And I was very indicative of our present situation. Because I think the two lies that we believe as we try to manage life and we tell ourselves this false narrative that we are the sum total of what we have done and don't realize that the IOU has been paid. As we result to self-determinism, which means, again, we're the center of our own authority and our own power and strength, or we attempt to escape. We distract ourselves. How many of you 
uh, I asked this a little bit earlier this week, but how many of you have binge-watched at least two to three different shows at some point to try to escape the present reality of the coronavirus? Maybe you have tried to buck the system and gone out and about and said, nope, I'm the master of my own destiny. I'm going to control or determine whether or not I get sick. And you've just kind of bucked that system. Well, I thought it was interesting because Maverick's owner, Mark Cuban, said in an interview of CNN, he says what business owners must do, and then he took about, looked at the scope of our country. He says we have to give people some semblance of control over their own lives. And I thought that was fascinating. So he came up with all kinds of plans and strategies that pointed back to giving people the sense that we're in control. But if our present situation has taught us anything, that when we try to have control, when we try to grip things very tightly, specifically temporal, finite things, they can always be taken away. And that's why Jesus erasing the certificate of debt and it being nailed to the cross is so powerful. Because through faith in him, we have life and life eternal. And that can never be taken away when yeah. we have our faith in him. So we don't have to be yeah. in control. Yeah. I'm about to cough right now. I'm coughing a little bit. And I, just, I think that proves the point. Is that I can't guarantee my own health. I can't, I can't, <laughs> there it is, it was coming. I, I, I can't guarantee it. I, I, can't, I can't even hold in, in my own cough. That's how good at control I am, which is why we have to rest in Jesus being in control and tell ourselves that story. And what we will be able to do then is live in such a way that points to that bigger story. We'll be able to trust in who Jesus is. And what Paul wants for these Colossian believers is simply this. To ask and answer the question, can you pay your IOU? Do you have the ability through your own strength, through your own might, to pay your IOU? And the answer flatly is simply no. So here's some questions that I would love to have you consider. When Jesus nailed that IOU to the cross and paid it in full, those past sins, those past fears, those past failures, were they dealt with at the cross? In fact, here's what I want you to do right now. Is I want you to write the down the answer to these three questions. These three questions are this. Which of your past sins were dealt with at the cross? Question two, which of your present and future sins were forgiven to? And here's the application point. What shifts in your heart and life when you think about the gospel, the past, present, and future reality? What shifts in your heart and life when you think about the gospel, that Jesus has paid your IOU in full. What shifts? 
about how you view your life. And he's paid for your sins, your past, present, and future reality. Because we're going to get it right. We're going to get it wrong. Jesus has eliminated the penalty that hangs over us. So as we believe that, when we trust that, and when we live in response to a different way, when we treat people different, let us live purposeful, passionate, and live free. Stop trying to be the center. And truly let God be the center. Let me pray. God, I thank you for your love and for your grace. That you gave us a simple, simple job description. To live and love you well. Father, forgive us when we mess up. Thank you for the hope and that promise that we have in Jesus. Thank you for the hope that we have. Father, in our present time, as we try to manage our life, may we recognize that we can't manage it by our own strength and our own power. And to stop trying to pay that IOU that we've accumulated, but to simply live in such a way that points to you. Thank you for that hope and for that promise. It's in Jesus' mighty and powerful name we pray. Amen.